You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. What's up, guys? This is the 3M Podcast. My name is Charlie. My name is Sean. My name is DJ. And we're here to deliver humor and horror <laughs> straight to you in podcast form. I forgot the humor part, just the horror. <laughs> that's, that's more us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so did you hear that they're going to start opening up roller coasters at theme parks? <gasps> what? I did not like, hear that. We, well, uh, up until this point... It's just the theme parks, like the rides are closed, but you can walk around. What Why the is hell that? would you? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Walk like, around, hey, Main... pay us 80 bucks walk around Main Street Disney, eat a churro, Nito, or or <laughs> Disney Leg. What is that like? That sounds Someone like a trash. comparison. It's like going to the movie to pee in the stall, get some popcorn, <laughs> yeah, and then leave. <laughs> pay fourteen dollars for popcorn and then not watch anything. <laughs> Or watch um, the previews and no, then leave. Those people exist where they go to the movies just to buy popcorn. What? See, the Kevin, right? F- just to buy popcorn? Just to buy popcorn. Not watch a movie. Well, because well, the claim is movie popcorn is the best popcorn. Right? I don't want to know those people. I don't want to associate with those people. Fact, fact of the matter is they've <laughs> had like Disneyland, all these theme parks open, but you can't ride the rides as far as I know. But they're going to open them up now. Ooh. Nature is healing, but <gasps> that's a beautiful thought. But Disney is healing. They're saying that you cannot scream. <laughs> what? Everyone, Kevin's here today. Finally, it's been too long. So here, look. Scre- <laughs> screaming is. They gonna kick you off the ride in the middle of it? Yeah. Hey! <laughs> hey! They're gonna scream at hey, you to tell three. you to stop. <laughs> Get the f <laughs> off! <They're, laughs> unclip that, yeah, right unclip. now. They're gonna unclip you right there. <laughs> they just have a button. Eject. Eject Ocito, cuz. From Fast and Furious. Hell yeah. Uh, screaming is not allowed on theme park rides in California. Do you wanna see? Yeah, play it. You might have to tone down excitement on the roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, try not to scream because this it's not allowed on thrill rides at Disney. That's crazy. The video they're showing is from what was previously known as California Screaming. Roller coasters in silence. California Quiet. Yeah. 
proposed new COVID safety guidelines. Screaming and shouting in public increases the risk for the virus to spread. The California Attractions and Parks Association. When theme parks open up. Bro, screaming and shouting in public. So next, like, protest, everyone will be like, stop being me. Yeah. Stop <laughs> killing people. <laughs> no justice. No peace. Stop being mean to yeah. Asians. By the way. No, no, no. <laughs> it's just uh, I, I thought about them having signs like masks must be this big to ride. Ah, <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is funny. Yeah. What kind of a world is that? Uh, a goofy one. Bro, that's California. A goofy one, Alex. <laughs> Thanks you know, for asking. <laughs> you know how they say that the most similar thing to roller coaster rides is masturbation? Nope. I've never what? heard that. Never heard that no, I've never, never heard that. No. I sure. On God. <laughs> well, I've I heard mean, a sneeze is kind of like a mini orgasm. But if you get 10 in a row, it's a full one. <gasps> is that the current, the, tra- what's it called? <laughs> the translation? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, since 12 years old, boys have been masturbating ever so quietly in their bedrooms. So I imagine they're the same thing as not screaming on a roller coaster. You can do that same thing silently. Just dead pen face. Bro, 12 is hella old, dog. I was yeah. early. No, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't know. I just thought it was comparable. It's like Jim. Have you guys ever heard of Planet Fitness? They uh, have (laughs) rules on the wall, no screaming or grunting, and if you drop the weights, it hits a sensor and an alarm goes off. If you drop it too hard. Did we talk about this already? No. Uh -uh. On pod? Have you ever heard that? that? No. Yeah, so Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness is a gym for people who don't want to go to the gym. That's kind of like their branding. They're like... They're basically average Joe's gym from like Dodgeball. Yeah, Yeah. I guess. Yeah. It's like, don't go to a place where some bro's going to scream and be be in shape. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm pretty sure Planet Fitness has like, uh, I'm not joking, like Pizza Wednesday. Yeah, I was going to say like, a bo- like bowling yeah. alley food. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I've known people and I've seen all the videos who go in and like, you drop the weight and a huge alarm goes off. They're like, you need to leave. So wow. it's like that. Oh my god! like just a nerfed world. They also have, like, the same branding and color scheme of, like, the Teletubbies. <laughs> like, all the equipment's purple. And then bright yellow. Bright yellow. Gross. The logo's disgusting. <laughs> That's true. Gag me. <laughs> yes, please. With that barbell. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it's just, it's fun to see things being done you're like why <laughs> like, yeah. like who came up with this or like if you put like two percent thought towards it you're like okay but that doesn't work if this you know what i'm saying yeah so it's like <laughs> what are they honestly what are they going to do if someone starts screaming <laughs> that's the first thing i thought of ejecting somebody out of their seat <laughs> and surprisingly this is not the onion this yeah. looks to be yeah. legitimate news yeah. <laughs> What is that, CBS? Yep, no, CBS. Oh, gosh. Hmm. Japan already started that months ago. I seen that. With riding roller coasters, but you can't scream. But that's like super Japanese. Yeah. To be a psycho. Yeah. No, yeah. And no emotion. 
<laughs> I think they like filmed like the CEO, the owners like doing it, demonstrating, and they're just writing. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, gosh. <laughs> For those listening, you have no idea what I just did. <laughs> hmm. Speaking of Asians, it's, hey yo, it's crazy that hi yo. Hi- <laughs> It's crazy that two weeks ago, our episode that was released, um, was it three knocks? Either or. We. It's all one jumbled mess in my mind. We were talking about uh, like China swabbing your anus for COVID. (laughs) Yeah. There's a ton of jokes about that. I think we're at fault Uh for everything. Except. (laughs) It was us. It was us. Uh, DJ, you are Chinese. Yeah. Filipino. Yes. Anything else? Nope. Just the top and the bottom of, <laughs> of social Asian social classes. <laughs> and but you're also a Pacific Islander. Yes. I am Japanese. So we have like a fair bit covered. And I'm Caucasian. Oh, but I, yeah. AAPI, dude. Has anyone ever heard that? Uh-uh. Asian American Pacific Islander. That's how they class it. Mm. And my question is like. Why is Asians and Pacific Islanders in the same grouping? Are the Polynesian Islands part of Asia? That's interesting. Am I dumb? They're not part of Asia. That's what I thought. Sometimes I see it as like Asia and then there's like uh, Oceania. Yeah, that is what it is on But they're separate. Australia, New Zealand, and Polynesia. They are indeed. (laughs) So what continent are they a part of? Oceania is like the continent it's part of, which includes Australia, New Zealand, all the islands. Hmm. Okay. Why is the group AAIPI, AAPI, Asian American Pacific Islander? Like, no one's going to mistake a huge ass Samoan <laughs> for I think a Chinese he's, I guy. Think he's Korean. <laughs> yeah. It's like that 12 foot. <laughs> Oceania 400 is pound a muscle continent. man. Yeah. I believe it's definitely China. Vietnamese. I doubt with that look on your face. I just never heard of that before. I believe you. Um, what, Oceania? Yeah. Hmm. So, so it is so privileged <laughs> to not know that. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know who hates Asians the most? Asia. Asians, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Asians are the biggest haters of Asians <laughs> I've ever met in my life. And they are ruthlessly racist about it. Like mm-hmm. it's no joke like I'm not going to say who I was talking to someone and they're like, oh, yeah, we don't like Cambodians because they have dark skin. And I was like, damn, yeah. <laughs> damn. That's any that's Southeastern 1800s Asian. talk right there. <laughs> that's any Southeastern Asian even today. Yeah, let's be like, straight. All of Philippines is strongly, if you're dark. Racist. You are poor <laughs> and ugly. Yeah. No, that's legit what it is. They like, get like the whitening cream. They buy bleach look. Mm-hmm. or yeah. they sell bleach for like a cosmetic. That's also Latin countries. Yeah. The darker you are, the lower you are. Dude, that's ruthless. It's it's everywhere but Canada and America. (laughs) But it's like opposite because with most white girls, it's like, let's get the darker. The darker is more beautiful (laughs) and pasty. It's like gross. You know why? Because no one's happy with what they have. No, no. It's because in, uh, in America and Canada and most of Europe, the middle class exists. So... In Asia, especially Southeastern Asia, it's just a small percentage of upper class, huge percentage of lower class, and there's like a huge 
like chasm in between the two. So they just hurl their comments at each other. And it's like, well, you know what? You're right. <laughs> they go back to life on the farm or <laughs> like, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know? I was going to help you out on that one. I was like, where are you going? <laughs> and anyway, uh, uh, next. Uh, we have a friend who dated a girl from, even from Africa. And he was like, dude, the way she would talk about like beauty back home, she was like, Oh, but at least I'm light skinned. I'm not dark skinned like those gross other tribes. And he was like, "Yo, chill! Like you can't say that." Even Chinese, if you like, somebody asks, like, "Oh, are you Japanese?" Like they'll get offended. There's or, a different. Or the it's other more way like because like ra- wars and stuff like that. True. Like but, I would if we're gonna. I'm gonna speak for all of Asia right now. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead wow. and say, President of this, Asia. These are not my beliefs. Yes. Nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> Hero. Hero. <laughs> Uh, these are not my beliefs. Thank you. (laughs) Um, but there's definitely a class and I would say Korean, Chinese, and Japanese up here. Top. Then it's like. Taiwanese also up there. Yeah. Taiwanese. Then what would you say is like next? Uh, I'd say then it's like Vietnamese, Mm -hmm. Filipinos, Cambodian, Thai. And then at the very bottom, Indians. Or like Laos and Hmong and stuff. <laughs> Hmong actually also at the bottom because they don't even have their own country. I know. It's like gone. It doesn't exist. Mouse. Ha- uh, La- Hmong. Mouse. <laughs> Dead moss. Laos. Hmong. Hmong uh, have tribes and they're all labeled by color. Oh my gosh. Red Hmong, blue Hmong. Look it up. Interesting. Are Indians Asian? Well, it's a part of Asia. <laughs> He's making a geographical joke. Russians. <laughs> <laughs> and then Russians. <laughs> That's funny. No, but like that persists. You know what I mean? Like that belief in that segregation and classism and racism. Yeah. I'm just saying it's interesting. It is interesting. Not justifying. Yeah, at all. But it exists. But. And it's interesting. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Speaking of race and racists. Have you guys seen the show 60 Days In on Netflix? Mm-mm. Bro, it's my new favorite show. Is it? It is so dope. Why? I'm so into it. The premise, they take a prison and they hire five to six. It's a documentary like okay. style. It's a yeah. series. It's not scripted. They hire like five to six people who are going to go voluntarily into the prison system, pretend to be inmates to collect intel. And they are like in the prison. So they Tekashi start. Takashi 69. <laughs> yeah. So they hire these people that you like get to know them before they go in. And then they like meet with the warden of the prison. He's like, your mission is to find out about gangs. How are they operating? Who's the top? What are they doing? What do we need to know? Your operations is like how the jails run. Is there any shady things going on from either side? And then yours is drugs. Find out where they're all coming from. So they all get these missions. And then they arrest them, detain them, the whole nine yards, book them, and throw them in prison. Bro, it is, it's like Survivor times a million. How are they so crazy? It's called surviving. It's called try and survive. (laughs) Survive or die. Uh, The second the Mexican dude walks in, actually he's Puerto Rican, the second the Puerto Rican dude walks in, like two Chicanos walk up to him, and they're just like, 
where are you born? And he's like, Puerto Rico. And they're like, you're in that room? You're Chicano? Yes. Like, all this stuff happens, and he gets sorted like that. They're different? Dude, so the prison, how the prison works is... Not like, tamale, tamale? <laughs> no, dude, they, they even have segregation. So it's like, American-born Mexican versus Mexican-born Mexican. And they're not the same. They have different names. I can't remember what the Mexican-born Mexican was, but American-born Mexican was Chicano. And so immediately he's like in with the Chicanos, but even within that, he was a part of a different gang. And he had all his tattoos covered, but some of them kind of recognized some of them. And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and immediately had to like, Shh. bro, there's like full-on fist fights. Like some of them get in fights. It's crazy to watch. This one dude is the derpiest white dude you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> he's a huge fan of the show. Went to jail for like copyright infringement. No, he didn't go to jail. He's a, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. His alias. But the, it was not, it's not like stabbing somebody or. Well, the Chicano guy actually went to prison. For like 15 years for armed robbery, he was like a bad dude who reformed. He became a chaplain and he's like, I want to go back in. I want to help out. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but the white dude is just like, you know, I was in the army. He's he's the derpiest, slubbiest white dude ever. I think he might be Mormon because he has garments poking out. Anyway. <laughs> he's like. That's called a wife beater, Charles. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like this. Oh, the turtle mat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, he has glasses. He just looks like a soft dude. Like yeah. someone you would check immediately and be like, bitch, give me your sandwich. Like I would <laughs> I would be comfortable doing that to him. <laughs> and uh, he's just like, I'm just a huge fan of the show. You know, and he like wants to go on. Dude, he he is not having a good time. I'm like three episodes in and he's just like, he's already targeted by the, the black gang in there. He's already like, the whites are like, bro, what are you doing? They're like pissed <laughs> off at him. But everything's segregated into race. And no matter what you are, like, outside, you have to stick to your race. It There is no exception. Everything's race. Yeah. So if Sean walked in, you would have to be with the whites. You would be a wood. Peck of wood. Mm. You walked in, you'd have to be with the Tongans. Yeah. Be rough. Horse then, lords. I had a friend. <laughs> That's what they're known on the streets out there. The horse lords. Hey, Bill. <laughs> Nay. Uh, <laughs> I had a friend who had a brother who went to prison for like 12 years. He got out. Dude was yoked. Like huge. Prison big. He's a white dude. And he, I was like 16 when he got out. And I'm like talking to him like, hi, nice to meet you. And he's like, uh, yeah, what nationality are you? And I was like, well, I'm Irish, French, Japanese, and English. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you're, you'd be another. Don't go to prison. And I was like, oh, because basically he was saying, like, I would have nowhere to go. I'd just be effed. Like, I wouldn't be accepted by Asians. I wouldn't be accepted by whites. I would just get killed. And I was like, oh, gosh, terrified. He's like, yeah, don't go to prison. You wouldn't do well. And I was like, oh, gosh. But anyway, interesting. You guys should watch it. I highly suggest it. It's so fun to watch. I just imagine them bullying you. I would be like, how would they bully you? Log onto my computer, Charles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do math half well. <laughs> Bro, I feel like in all my jeans, I just got like the worst ones from like my Irish jeans is like I can gain weight really fast. Do, Do <laughs> my math. Asian jeans, I struggle driving. It's like I didn't get the math. <laughs> Do math half well. Yeah. I like, get it half right. It's half yeah. the time. Like two like plus has two the answers, but show his work. <laughs> Yeah, I might get the right answer, but I can't show my work. Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyway, I highly suggest it, especially if you like Survivor, because this is like Survivor, but How people are, are they getting filming stabbed. this? 
so without they, like them knowing. So they set up a ton of secret cameras, which the prisoners start to find. I was gonna say, and like, yo, what the f- is this? <laughs> and then they said, like, there's there's rats in here. And then they start trying to decide who's the rat. And this one guy gets scared, and they're like, if you need to get out, the signal is go like this. So like rub your shoulder and say your shoulder hurts. So he starts doing it, and they don't come in for like two hours, and he gets so pissed. Because he's like, you promised me if I did that, you'd pull me out of there, you know? <laughs> and then, uh, so he goes to the phones and calls them. And he's like, I'm about to tell all the prisoners what's going on. <laughs> Sorry. It's so funny. I'm just going on. <laughs> no, no, keep going. Oh. I mean. I... So he's like, I'm about to tell all the prisoners what's going on unless you come get me right now. And then they like walked in, pulled him out. And he was like, I have all the dirt you need to know. And they were like, no, you're out of here. Because he threatened to expose, like, all the prisoners who are, like, the, the informants. Yeah. Who, they went to this jail. This is the scariest jail in Arizona. It's on the border. Hella cartel influence. And, like, a week before these people came, they half the inmates stabbed an officer to death. Like, it's no joke. They're, like, violent criminals in there. It's wild, bro. Bro, I know, like, a bunch of people that work at the prison system in Arizona. Interesting. Yeah. You should like, ask them. There's like some people the who are in our ward, like our state president was like a warden or something. When I was in church growing up, half my young men's leaders were all COs, correctional officers. <laughs> and so they would run our like Bible class, young men's. It was like jail. <laughs> like all the time if we were talking, they'd be like 15 push-ups, and they were like, no joke, you had to do it. Or like my friend Alex would talk a lot and the young men's leader would be like, all right, everyone hit him. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd all be like, okay, and just start punching. I was like, stop. <laughs> so you could say I know what jail's like. A spiritual experience. <laughs> yeah. Very. <laughs> anyway, that's my recommendation for the week. <laughs> Go watch 60 Days In. It's good fun. Hmm. <laughs> Kevin, I heard you lark now. What? Yeah, we heard from a very reliable source. That, that you're like a level 10 mage or something. That you've been LARPing with your friend before. Is that a yarp or narp? <laughs> <laughs> yarp. What say ye? Hard Wizard. yarp. Sean, I told you that in confidence. <laughs> Why don't you be comfortable? And I did not go knowing it was LARPing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds like a yeah. story that we need to hear. Do not go quietly into the night. Rage. But- <laughs> First off. It wasn't a friend. It was my cousin. <laughs> That's worse. I know. Um, so growing up, my cousin, all of my cousins are all older than me, but like a lot. And so I thought he was like the coolest person on earth. <laughs> and he came to visit us in El Paso one time. And he had. And he still is. <laughs> he had uh, these like padded swords. And we're like, what do you do with these? And he's like. Oh, it's like fencing, but padded. It's called amp guarding. And I was like, oh, cool. So my little brother and I, we chopped off some bamboo that we found nearby. Well, how old are we? 10 or 11. So we chopped chopped off some bamboo Mm -hmm. and we stuck a pool noodle on it and just taped it on. And then that was our sword. (laughs) We just beat the (laughs) crap out of each other with it. And we thought it was so fun. So then we come to visit my family in Utah and he is all like, Hey, I'm going amp guarding today. You want to come? I was like, heck yeah, I do. I was older at this point. I was like, this is us last week. You know, <laughs> I, I think I was 15 now, but like, even then Curtis and I, we broke our like, 
bamboo swords so fast. So I hadn't even really <laughs> done it that whole time. So bamboo not strong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I think Curtis got mad and broke them on purpose or something oh, like that. Just pure rage. Yeah, he would destroy things. When Special he got move breaks bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> One time. I had the Prince of Egypt soundtrack, and he broke that because he got mad at me. Another time, he cut giant holes in my comforter because he got mad at me. He broke your CD and brought yeah. it. Oh. I remember he did something to a pillow. <laughs> we can't say that one. What, what do you do? You have to say Just for us, out. yeah. I'll just bleep it. He... <laughs> 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 no, bro. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah, so we... I visited my cousin. He's like, you want to go amp grinding? I was like, yeah, sure, of course. Thinking it was just going to be like him and his friends beating the crap out of each other with swords. So he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to get ready. This His room was in the basement. So I'm waiting all like excited in the living room thinking I'm cool. I get to hang out with my 20-something-year-old cousin. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> so here's the worst part. He used to drum for Tool also. He was a cool guy. And then he used like, to drum for Tool? Yeah, he's a drummer. That's big time. Na- yeah, I know. <laughs> People still send him music and he like drums for it and sends it back to them because he's so freaking good. <laughs> but he has a super nerdy side. But anyway, this fool comes up from the basement in full chainmail. And I was all, what are you wearing? <laughs> He's he's like, I made it. Isn't it cool? It weighs like 60 pounds. And I was like. He's like, gird up your loins. Post haste. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, all right, cool. So because I am like God and never changing, I always wore. (laughs) What is that comparison? It's because I God doesn't change and neither do I. So I always wore cargo shorts. T-shirt and flip back then, too. Thank you, so Elder. You're welcome. So that's how I showed up. And literally, I was the only person not in the costume. Every single person, they were dressed up as wizards and elves and knights. How's it like feeling like the minority? And I, I grew up in El Paso. I grew up feeling like the minority. So, like, there was, like, this dude's like, I'm a level 15 wizard, blah, blah. And I'm like, hell yeah, you are. So what, what did they do? So, explain, explain LARPing. Like, what is LARPing? LARPing is live action role play. So they like reenact these like Lord of the Rings style wars. So you show up. Or battles. And so we get split into teams and I'm on my cousin's team, obviously. And we like line up at the sides of the soccer field and everybody's so intense. And they like, there's like the like. The head mage <laughs> person or whatever, like the whiff of bo on the air, <laughs> yeah, for real. But like, we're facing each other. Everybody's so intense, and like, I don't know. The head mage calls that it's time to start, and then everybody runs at each other. I get killed instantly. Like, <laughs> I think a stupid wizard threw a fireball at me or something stupid <laughs> like that. So, when you die, you have to stand there because there are wizards that can heal you. <laughs> so, I'm standing there. I don't know why this is funny, too. <laughs> and, and this, we had a fallen soldier. And you this dude comes up and puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, I heal you, I heal you, I heal you, I heal you, I heal you. And I was like, I'm just going to sit down. So, I sat in the bleachers the rest of the time and watched them. I was like, my cousin is such a nerd. 
And I remember being so sad and disappointed. <laughs> you really lived underneath your privileges. <laughs> Dude, they say never meet your heroes, you know? <laughs> That's so funny. It's I, I don't know why Kevin is our most like, because I'm going to be straight up with you. That kind of sounds fun. No, that sounds mad fun. I would do that. <laughs> but Kevin's so opposed to doing like nerdy things. What's stereotypically by the book nerdy? Mm. Dungeons and Dragons. LARPing. Uh, that's so funny. Have you guys ever done anything like that? Not like that. Growing up, I mean, we had like toy guns and swords that we would fight with. Yeah. So I wouldn't call it like an official... LARP meat, LARP cella, you know? We got like I've these, never been. Like these chunks of rebar would like fight with them. Bro, that's Dude, an I have, actual weapon. Bro, I have like steel. A, I have like a scar on my forehead. From, Is that what it's from? Not this one, this one. Oh. I got multiple things. Oh, okay. I remember, I remember. So you lost, obviously. No, no, no. I went down fighting. Oh, okay. I took him down as well. Oh, okay, Ivan Drago. Yo, I have a fourth brother that you don't know about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Had, sorry. Had, yeah. <laughs> um, I remember setting up a target in the back of our house because we got like a bow and arrow for Christmas, like a real ass recurve bow and arrow. Ooh. It was like 60 pound pull, which I feel like was a lot for like 13 years old. Hell yeah. But I was setting it up and our target, I was just whatever I could find. And what I found was a, a boogie board. And I set that up. And I turn around, and Bubba has a bow and arrow, and he has it drawn and pointed at me. Oh, how old he's is he? Like, he's like eight or something. Oh. I'm like, Bubba, you can't do that. I'm standing right here. Oh my <laughs> gosh, you almost died, Bormir. <laughs> <sighs> That's crazy. That's terrifying. Call me Sean Bean. Oh, because you dying. <laughs> I've been dead. I had friends growing up. I've told this before, but Jimmy. Jimmy, I'm not going to say the last name. Freak, I already said the last name in the other episode. (laughs) Whatever. Jimmy grabbed a saw blade and threw it up in the air in like a group of kids. I remember. (laughs) Uh, Those same group of friends. Remember long darts? Lawn darts? Lawn darts, yeah. Yeah. They were like, did you ever see those? Basically a pretty heavy piece of metal you throw and it's like a game of bocce ball but with darts. And their game was they would stand at opposite sides of the yard and throw them at each other and try to dodge them. <laughs> or catch them out of the air. Like freaking King Kamehameha. Like, that was like Kamehameha, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Stupid things. Where did that start? LARPing. Oh, yeah. It actually, we're, I was watching a movie called The Knights of Badassdom. And Kevin walked in. He told me the story of him LARPing. And then you just sn- dry snitched on his ass? <laughs> Do we have your permission it's to content. share this on the podcast? Okay. That's a yes. I knew Kevin really just wanted to talk about himself, so. <laughs> uh, speaking of Kevin wanting to talk about himself, Sean, can you teach us about daylight savings? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, did you ever look it up? You said you were going to. I did look it up, yeah. Okay, where did it start? World War One is where daylight savings started. <laughs> and it was... Is essentially to get more time in the day for the factories to be able to produce stuff for the war. And then we just stuck with it. We just stuck with it. Interesting. I think the stat was like 2% of Americans like it. Or what was the stat? It was like 3 in 10 people. So 30%. Like it. And then 7 in 10 people hate it. 
So here's <laughs> yeah, where we still keep it. I like it. Oh my gosh. Well, you're the one in 10 right here. Like now we have daylight until 7:30 and it's going to keep getting more daylight. Okay, you know what? Whereas until that, that hour was being unused by me before cuz I wake up at 8 until it's not going to be daylight when it switches back. Then I get an extra hour of sleep. <laughs> okay, oh, here's optimist. A, I yeah. like it too. Yeah? Yeah, I do. I just like that it's different. It's like something to look forward to. It switches it up. I just have cooler things to look forward to. <laughs> no, dude. One hour of sleep. Then, it's fun. Look forward to that hour of sleep for the next six months. 1259. <gasps> 12.59. <laughs> I'm too excited to sleep. Okay, dickhead. It changes at two in the morning. So Oh. Mm. Actually. <laughs> is it America is the only one who does it? Uh I want to say yes, but it didn't yeah. say when I was. Hawaii doesn't, it. so yes, America does it. <laughs> and then some states don't it's, even do it. It sucks. Like Arizona doesn't do it. The main thing that what? sucks is Nevada. yeah, Arizona and Hawaii, I Alaska, Nevada, too. Nevada. I can't I remember. Anyway, it sucks that not everyone's on the same page. Kind of like the imperial and metric system. It's like when you talk to somebody who's not in that Fahrenheit Celsius like measurement or unit, whatever. Uh, it like the conversion. Who knows? <laughs> we just stubborn. Yeah. I always have to ask my parents, like, are you guys three or four hours behind? They're like 20 years behind. <laughs> that was a good joke. Apparently, flight attendants or captains, when they used to land in Salt Lake City, they used to say, welcome to Salt Lake City, uh, where the year is 10, or 10 years behind. And then, <laughs> and then they would let people land, like back in the 80s and 90s. Funny. That's crazy, because whenever they didn't say that, they had to turn around and go back to their like, oh, we missed it. original location. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Stories tonight. I said two words. Stories time. <laughs> yes. Story time. Yes, Charles. <laughs> Let That's roll. Good. Sweet. Now we roll our 20-sided die to see in what order we tell our stories. Highest our uh, number goes first. There's a missing die. That's in Sean's hand. Okay, ready? Set. The show's sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had a relationship that you're proud of? Proud of because you put in the work and the other person put in the work as well. Uh, didn't have to be perfect, but uh, effort was made, honest effort. I think it's definitely more rare to have those types of relationships. Uh, the good thing is with, with therapy, at least in my experience, uh, that's something I've been able to find. Uh, somebody who invests in me, uh, especially when I invest in myself. And we'd love, love, love for you to experience something similar. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Uh, it's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible, suited to your schedule. Uh, become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Uh, go ahead and visit BetterHelp.com slash 3 a.m. today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Roll. 
Y'all gonna have to read this. I got a six. <laughs> Y'all read it. I got a six. <laughs> six, 13, five. So the numbers are DJ got a six, Charlie got a 13, Sean got a five. Order? Me, you, DJ, me. DJ, Sean. <laughs> so today, I got my stories from a listener. Ooh. By the name of Ash Ling. Ash Ling? That's what it says. L-I-N-G? Says, well, how she spells it is A-I-S-L-I-N-N. And then she did like a pronunciation thing. And it's A-S-H dash L-I-N-G. Huh. It's an Irish word for dream. So that was interesting. Shout out. Dream, 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 dream. She's from New Zealand. And she recently found the podcast. She said she's in, she enjoys it, listens to the episodes. Kia ora. Yeah. So this story is about Ashling and her son. She said her son is around three, three and a half years old. Mm-hmm. And ever since he's little, even though he's still little, but ever since he's little, he's had imaginary friends. Nope. <laughs> so one day she's kind of hanging out. So no, no friends. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you have imaginary friends? <laughs> and I still have no friends. Oh. <laughs> By the way, guys, we're going to get food after this, right? No, <laughs> I pointed you to everyone but DJ. You weren't going to come, right? <laughs> sort of a friend thing. Anyway. <laughs> Stop. Tell the story. <laughs> so she's sitting in her house one day. She's in another part of the room. And she hears her son talking. She knows he's alone. And in her mind, she thinks, oh, it's probably just one of his imaginary friends. So she goes about doing whatever she was doing. And very quickly, she catches on to the fact that it sounds different. Like, this is different than normal. So she kind of stops what she's doing and starts to listen closer. And she said the way he was speaking, it was less like he was speaking to someone, but more like an inner dialogue he was having out loud. But it didn't necessarily sound like her son, her three and a half year old son's thoughts. You know what I mean? So after a minute, she goes, hey, honey, who are you talking to? And her son responds and says, I was talking to the old man. I used to be him. I used to live in another body before this one. But he got old and drowned. And so I found you. You painted my eyes while I was in your belly and you gave me a new body. Now, I don't know, but I like to imagine Ashling was like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> She's all late stage abortion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're going to go stay with grandma for a while. <laughs> it's like Grandma's 18th, dead. 18th trimester. <laughs> that late, late term. So she said, I had been painting my whole life. And she used to draw and paint visions of her son that she would get when she was pregnant with him all the time. So I'm sure this caught her off guard and it was like heavy to hear her kid talk. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is her son was born N-Call. N-Call? E-N-C-A-U-L. Have you guys ever heard that? Uh -uh. Mm -mm. All right. Let's look it up. So being born N-Call is when a baby is born inside the amniotic sac the amniotic sac sometimes it's around their head sometimes they're fully encased so her son was born and call she did some research and she was told by some midwives 
there's a lot of folklore around being born Enkal. And so I started to look it up. So she was told by a midwife, it's extremely rare. Um, it's about one in every 80,000 births that this happens. Um, looking it up and reading about it, they're referred to, babies who are born like this are referred to as call bearers. It's a lucky omen in a lot of different cultures. And it means in some cultures they cannot drown. Hmm. So think of like the actual call, like the veil, is super coveted by different groups of people. Um, for a short while in like the early 1800s or something like that, people would like purchase pieces of call <laughs> and have it sewn into their like wallet because it was such a good omen. Uh, Nate, pee pee, pee. <laughs> people in the Navy would buy calls so that they could not drown. Um, even before that medieval times, um, people would take a call into battle and it was like supposed mm -hmm. to protect them from harm. So like a, another version of like a rabbit's foot mm -hmm. almost. A very intense one. Yeah. But even recently, I read some people's experiences on Reddit who were born with a call or in call rather. And some of the midwives were fighting over who was going to take the call afterward. And he was pretty sure his mom like kept contact with some of them. And one, the one who wanted it really bad, he thinks wanted it for dark reasons. And so they're also used by like witchcraft and the occult in certain spells. Call bearers, children who are call bearers, bearers are said to be able to commune with the dead. Commute with the dead? No. Commune. commune. Um, have visions, see things, and see dead people and speak with them. Very interesting if you <laughs> apply the story she said. Because the man, he used to be drowned and he's like able to see. So she said, 100%, I think the way he was born and what he told me that day are connected. They have to be, right? It is very, really interesting. I, I, I'm I, not sure. I There was a ton of stuff on Google when I looked it up. So one thing was like, when babies are born in call, where is the afterbirth? Like, where is it located? I think it's just like they're inside a sack. Like, but that's what the afterbirth is. The afterbirth just a, is like the placenta in the sack that they were in, and it just comes out after. Oh, then maybe. Maybe they're the same thing. I don't know. I don't know for sure. Um, so one group of people who were particularly into the call was they were known as the Benedanti and they were 17th century in Italy. So the Benedanti to be in the Benedanti was said you had to be born in call and they were known as the good walkers is like what it translates to. So these people were said to like be able to have visions and their main purpose was at night, they would all go to sleep and they would leave their bodies and they would go to the countryside to fight bad witches is what it's called. So these Bad witch. <laughs> these communities would all have a Benedanti or Benedanti plural. They could be men or women. And at night, they would go fly and fight bad witches. So there's good and there's bad like Benedanti. Can't remember what the other one is named called. But they did this for a really long time, and they were said to, like, some of them could take the shape of mice, butterflies, cats, small animals to leave their body. And then they'd go fly around at night and fight, like, bad spirits and devils. So they were, like, pretty unharmed for a really long time until the church started doing investigations. And something to do—it was, like, such a long history, I didn't go into it. But from what I gathered, something to do with the word, like, 
Benedanti can kind of be translated to something that kind of sounds like witch. And so the guy who did his investigation like came and was like, oh, they're witches. So they were all like murdered and ran off. Like it was, you couldn't do that anymore. But I just thought it was super interesting that there is a group of people who astral project to go fight bad witches. They do it so that they could have like good crops or they would do it. They said the witches, one of their goals was to either destroy the crops or harm children. <laughs> so these witches are like flying around in the countryside trying to like hurt and eat little kids. And they're like flying around trying to protect them. Uh, what the hell? Crazy. What a club. I know. To join. <laughs> I'm trying to join, bro. Yeah. Except, well, she told me this on IG and I was like, that's cool. I was born with my umbilical cord wrapped around my neck like five times. So <laughs> I think that means I am destined to drown or something in my life. <laughs> but apparently that has a name. It's called like the Nuncal cord. Uh, the Nuncal or Nuncal. N-U-C-H-A-L. Hmm. That's when a baby's born with a cord at least 360 degrees around its neck. Super dangerous. It's more common than Encol. It's like 1 in 30, 37% of babies, 6 to 37, something like that, can have it happen to them. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so I was born. I think my face was blue, and my mom was like said it was terrifying. So I probably lost half my brain cells <laughs> right off the bat. Uh, I looked it up. Doesn't mean anything special. Yeah. There's no omens. <laughs> so, oh, we knew that. I was like sick. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that was her story of her son. Ooh. And babies being born and call. Yeah. Yikes. Crazy how uh, like in med- medieval times, they would just come up with these groups. Knights Templar, you know, all these weird like mag- like actual LARPing. <laughs> Actu- like actual LARPing. But death was on the line. Yeah. <laughs> Potatoes, too. Oh. They're protecting the uh, crops, yeah. you said? Yeah, and children. <laughs> and their children, yeah. <laughs> so, potatoes. <laughs> she had another quick story. She shared it to her sto- her story on IG, and I reposted it. I don't know if you guys saw that. I saw in the DMs. You guys were messaging. She was, I saw the part where she talked about the pronunciation of her name. Oh, nice. So, why you... <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so she... <laughs> to give a little context, too, she lives in a hundred... She lives in a building that's a 150-year-old school. Hmm. Immediately, I thought of Sean. I was like, that's weird. So there's a lot of history at this building. She has dreams all the time. Her name, Irish for dream or dreamer. She had a dream recently where she was walking around the perimeter of her house over and over, and she wasn't alone. She was with an old man. And this old man introduced himself as Mr. Kello. So she said in her dream, she's walking around her house over and over, and he's just going on and on and on about this building, the school that she now lives in, about how amazing it is, its services. Um, she talked about just what a fine establishment it is and it, that it has really good bones, is what he said. Nice. She woke up, and it was so vivid in her memory, it made such an impression on her. She's like, instantly, I went to Google, started trying to look it up. Doug, Doug, Doug found her, her house that used to be school. Looked up articles on it. Lo and behold, found an article describing the caretaker of the house. And his name was Mr. Kello. And she said, I, I think something's going on. <laughs> For, I would be freaked out, but I feel like she's a little more comfortable with these things happening. <laughs> Wait, Mr. Kello was the dude who In her talked dream, to her? showed her around. Yeah. yeah. Bro, I'd be asking Mr. Kello if they're like buried treasure anywhere. 
like where all the secret nooks and crannies in the house are. Dude, that's smart. I was like, that's crazy. It's got to be more than a coincidence. And I said, how do you feel? Are you scared? She said, I didn't exactly get a bad feeling for Mr. Kello at all. So she's, she said, I'm pretty un- uncomfy, but I'm not afraid of Mr. Kello. I feel like he's a good he's entity a good or whatever he is. Didn't strike me malicious in any way. He did seem pretty concerned, though. Supposedly, the old headmaster, who he was also talking about in my dream, used to shut and lock the doors when the students weren't able to get to school on time, and he'd just leave them outside in the cold, in the rain. Doesn't matter. You didn't get there on time, he'd shut it out. Shut you out, lock the door. Undercooked fish, straight to jail. Straight to jail, (laughs) believe it or not. So he said there was like a history where the headmaster would suggest alternative ways of like punishing the kids. And the head ministry, I was like, is this Harry Potter? What is this? But they apparently like denied him every time. They're like, no, we're not doing that. So Mr. Kello was super concerned with all that. At the very least, some kids were messed with in this building. She now lives. And Mr. Kello is now visiting her and telling her things. It's happening live. We'll see if anything comes from it. But those are the stories from Ashling from New Zealand. Thank you. Stay safe, please. That headmaster be out here. Those are fun. You did a good job at grabbing the story and digging into it, like related topics. Mm. It wasn't directly related. I don't know what to, what to, what to say. Never mind. <laughs> good job, Charles. <laughs> say something different. Damn. Damn. With a different Sorry. tone. Can I tell a story that kind of goes along with that? You have a story, Kevin? It's just a... It's not so much as a story. It's just like something cool that happened. My mom, she birthed six kids. She says she saw it each kid like she had like a vision of each kid before they were born but how she found out she was pregnant with me because she didn't know she was pregnant with me for six months and how she found out was she said i came to her telling her that she was killing me <laughs> lo and behold <laughs> she was oh my God. but yeah <laughs> but that's cool i mean that's it's along the same lines of like uh, ashling's son coming to her was it in a store or was it in a dream that you came to your mom? Uh, yeah. So what you're telling us is you're a miracle. Duh. <laughs> we already knew that. Kevin, you're my miracle. <laughs> That's crazy. I've been looking into, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast. I apologize. Let me know if I have. I've been looking into past life stuff and the more and more evidence that's coming out that it straight up exists. Did I talk about this recently? No, I'm not sure. I know we've talked about it, but like reincarnation. Yeah. It's so, a fun, interesting topic that I think could be translated into a lot of what we believe in and grew up, grew up with. But, I mean, as Mormons? Yeah. There is a ton of research done by Japanese scientists like in the 80s and 90s. Um, but even more recently, there's a ton in like Western society of research on it and a ton of evidence that is getting really hard to like dismiss real quick. They had a case where this young girl would talk about her other family and her mom was like weirded out by it. Thought it was like fun play kid stuff, but it was in such great detail. And she was so persistent about it that eventually they were like, let's go because she would name the street they lived on who lived there my husband, his two brothers, what they did for work, like the most vivid stuff, right? This case is crazy because she claimed to be a woman who was married to this guy and the guy was still alive. So they set up a meeting. She's like six years old, walks into the room and is like, that's my husband. 
And this, this like 65-year-old guy looks at this little girl and he's like, what? I know pedo. And they start talking and she's like, she starts naming all these details, things she should not know about their life. And like, that was it. You know what I mean? He goes on to pass away. She grows up. She never remarries because that connection was so strong. She felt like I would be cheating on my husband. So interesting. But it's like fact checked and. Yeah. yeah. So, so interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know what you guys, but I believe one day we'll know all the answers to the universe. Hopefully. I like to believe that. So crazy. I don't know. <laughs> I believe it too. Bro, I've been saying this week that in a past life, I must have did something that brought me bad karma on all my car's tires. Because <laughs> for the seventh time in the last, like, seven years, I found a screw in one of my tires. Bro, Sean be texting on the regular. <laughs> Guys, I ran over another screw. Bro, no, my tire blew out. This like, had to have happened, like, two or three months ago because I've had to put air in the tire, like, four or five times in the last couple months. Maybe someone's targeting you. Dude, I was going to say. Targeting me. Somebody have a bone to pick with you? Come at me. If someone's, if <laughs> someone's got a bone to pick, we'll take this outside. See me in person. Yeah. Not. Stay away from my fucking tires. <laughs> Those are expensive. For real, though. Oh, wait. Are you claiming? Kevin's trying to say it's him. You're so crazy, Kevin. Do you guys believe in reincarnation? I think it's possible. I'm kind of in. I think it's possible. I very much I exist know. in the realm of anything's possible. Yeah. It, I think it's ignorant to say that it is or is real, and to say that it isn't. Yeah, I lean more towards not. Think, yeah, I don't I, think my beliefs line up with that. I don't know, dude. But I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying I lean more towards it not being. Nice. Same. We have every no's, yeses, and maybes. My siblings do a lot of ayahuasca trips, things, <laughs> ceremonies, and they say that they've seen all their past lives in that are they the avatar okay you know what's annoying not saying this is your siblings but everyone who has a past life is like i was the cleopatra or it's like i was the king of england (laughs) Uh, it's like not everyone was special so some of you are lying it's like i was the jack of the ripper yeah (laughs) it's like i was a regular ass farmer who died of dysentery the, the most interesting thing was I can't remember if it was Catherine or Caroline, but one of them said that they were a nun in the pre in like a previous life, and then another previous life they were like raped and murdered or something like that. But they were all normal people. Oh, uh, usually it's people yeah. claiming they were God or Gandhi yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's me tonight. Thank you so much. I know there was some tangents, but no, no, you're good. I felt like it tied up. Thank you, yeah, Ashling. Yeah. Thank you. That's me. It's me. Yeah, boy. <laughs> My story comes from Reddit user official Hobait. Oh. Hey, nice. So we'll go by John. So John here is from Adelaide, Australia. How you going, mate? And this takes place a few years ago. When he, he didn't say exactly how old he was, but he was a teenager with his group of friends. They were really big into draining and urban exploring. So exploring abandoned buildings, uh, underground systems, sewage systems, things like that. 
Sounds like Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, mate, let's get down in the sewers, mate. <laughs> I heard there's what? a big shit over there, man. <laughs> What's under, <laughs> down under. <Yeah. laughs> Last night's dinner, mate. <laughs> Just kidding. So, in Adelaide, it sounds like it's not a huge city. What do you know about it? I think it's one of their main cities, but. It is Australia. In Australia, that's <laughs> probably not that big. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they've explored enough where it was pretty rare to, to come across someplace new. Hmm. So every time they did, they were really stoked about it. So this one particular time, they were informed of a place from a little online blog of urban explorers and drainers, <laughs> drainer enthusiasts. Nice. Of a place called Heaven's Gate. No relation to the infamous Heaven's Gate in California that committed suicide, cult, whatever. In Nikes. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, did you know, or did we talk about Heaven's Gate, the website? If you email them, somebody responds. I did not know that. Because some people had to stay behind and tell the message. Wow. That's what they said. That's what they said. Oh, they said I could live. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to kill myself. Well, also at the same time. Like, if, you a bitch. <laughs> like, why would they stay and continue to answer questions and emails, you know? Mm. Yeah, if you really thought that was how you were supposed to get to the asteroid or something, it's like, you just got left? That sucks. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> no relation to that. So they found out the location. Not too far out of the city, but far enough where there was a lot of thick bush. Nice, man. Nice. So they're going through it like a half mile hike or walk from like the main highway and they see it. Big building. And what Heaven's Gate was, it was an abandoned or it functioned as a retirement home. And they took care of uh, people with special like physical disabilities. And those so who, all of Australia. <laughs> those who suffered from. Uh, like brain trauma as well. Mm. So they had uh, caretakers and like medical professionals on site 24-7 to take care of these people. So the building was scheduled to be demolished and then it wasn't. And it was still standing five years after the, the date it was supposed to be demolished for whatever reason. So it's dirty. Windows are broken. They go, it sounds like early afternoon and uh, there's iron fencing around. So they... They climb over the fence, and they pretty much just walk into the building. No locks or anything. So they enter the building pretty easily. John and his friends are going throughout the whole building, snaking through. said, it's so dirty. They find debris everywhere, shattered glass, a few sleeping bags, almost 100 empty spray paint cans, the works of an abandoned building. And John's a photographer. Has his Nikon with him. They say Nikon. <laughs> Isn't that gross? <laughs> I have my Nikon, Nikon camera. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> a Nick off, mate. <laughs> so he talks about, my friends and I did this so much, we were used to moving really quickly. But I wasn't as used to taking pictures as quickly. So I would try to get my settings right take pictures, and by the time I got the shots that I wanted, my friends were already off into the next room or down the hall. So I wasn't really focusing on the shot like I should have. So they were working through the building. 
not finding anything too crazy, but just having fun, you know, seeing this old abandoned building. They are able to go through most of the building within an hour, hour half without any incident. Once they've seen what they wanted to see, got their fill of the building, they dip. John gets home, plugs his, his Nikon into the computer. And he says, oh, shit. All these pictures are super underexposed, super blurry. Click, 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 hitting next, going through each one. They're all blurry. It's like, well, there's only one thing to do. Go back. <laughs> it's the weekend. He's done with his homework. And he heads back. But this time, by himself. Oh, nice. You know, Aussies aren't known for their smarts, you know. <laughs> Guys, I'm just kidding. I love you all. This is the same day. And when they first went, it was early afternoon. By the time he gets to Heaven's Gate, it's 9, 9.30. It's already dark. He has his torch with him and his camera. He's like, cool. Here, I can take as much time as I want now. Hops the iron gate, walks through the weeds and grass, and enters into the building. So he's walking through, taking pictures. He has a good flash. He's looking at his, his footage. Looks great. Continues through. He gets towards the middle of this building, and he sees a door that they didn't see earlier. And they're like double medical doors that open from the middle. And it's being propped open with a chair. So he walks up and he tries to move the chair, but the doors start to close. And he's like, oh, okay, this is one of those magnetic or like spring, spring-loaded doors. Uh, what do you call those? It's automatic? I don't know. It's like one of those automatic doors. So he leaves the chair in the middle of the doors and like climbs over it. And he gets in, he's like, whoa, how did we miss this? Hmm. You know? So he's going through the hallways, and he has his flashlight. He's taking pictures, and he's going through all the rooms. More of pretty much the same thing. While he's taking pictures, boom, loud crash. What's that? He's pretty fearless. He walks out into the hallway. He's shining his light, and he looks the direction that he's going to, there's more to see. But it sounded like the sound came from where he came from. So he turns around, shines his light, and a little bit down the hallway, the doors that were propped open by the chair were now closed. It's like, that's strange, because the chair was one of those chairs that were filled with sand. What? At the base of it. Hmm. Like those basketball hoops that you fill with sand? Yeah. <laughs> Similar to that. Just a heavy-ass chair. Yeah. Before entering, he sees that this is the part of the building that's uh, where they handled the patients with, like, brain trauma. It's like, maybe this was, like, a security precaution so, like, these elderly people wouldn't, you know, lean on this and would fall and they would get injured. Or even maybe they pick it up or throw it, you know? Like, the sand was weighted, so it was hard for them to pick it up. Mm. But he's just thinking of the chair being filled with sand— no way it could have moved on its own. No way the wind could have, you know, pushed it out of the way. It had to be physically pulled out of the way. So he's like, oh, whatever. He walks up to it to open it and prop it open again. It's locked. Oh, God. He's like, well, only one way to go. And he turns around. Before he starts exploring again, he tries to find an exit first. 
He's walking down the hallway, no windows. He doesn't realize that until now. And it's because he's in the like the center of the of Heaven's Gate of this whole building. No windows for him to break through. So he's looking through all the rooms, nothing. They're all just walls. Follows the hallway until he finds at the very end, after a few turns, it's another set of doors. Makes sense that this is the the portion of the building that had, you know, the special patients to kind of keep them contained. He's like, oh good. Walks up to it, also locked. So he's not too worried. No one knows his location. No one goes out there. <laughs> he's locked in this room. No food and water. No, he's good. I guess uh, to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, you're like nobody can get into you. So <laughs> it's like locking yourself into your own house. You know? There you go. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. So uh, he's not super scared. He's just more frustrated at the situation. So he's like pacing back and forth. He goes back to the the first pair of doors. It's like, did I really check this thing uh, good enough? And he pushes it, turns the handle, nothing. It's not budging. So I guess in frustration, he picks up the broken tile on the floor. And he just starts throwing it at the door. <laughs> not to open <laughs> it, but just out of, you know, just thinking out of boredom. You know, what do I do? So he's throwing it, it's breaking against the door, and it shatters on the floor to a bunch of different pieces. It's just ceramic tile. Standing there, throwing tile at the door, and after he runs out of tile, he bends down to pick up some more. What he hears is footsteps on the broken tile that were just thrown at the door. He's still not super terrified for some reason because he calls out, I guess in desperation, and says, yo, I'm trapped in here. Do you know a way out? And what replies is kind of like an old person or a smoker type of laugh where it's like the wheezing <laughs> kind of kind of laugh. <coughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Big nope if I'm hearing that. So at that point, John says, well, this person doesn't know a way out. Turns around, goes to a room that he remembers there's a bathtub. Goes inside, locks it, no windows, and lays in the bathtub. As soon as he lays in the bathtub, the light to his torch goes out his battery has died so he lays in the bathtub and he says to himself i'm just gonna stay here till daylight so he lays there for hours and he lays in the tub while he listens to this laughing and crunching of tile and after some time the laughing happens less and less and the footsteps happen less and less until there are no more and he looks at his watch, where he's watching his, his wristwatch until it's six in the morning, when he knows that's when sun rises. And he unlocks the door, opens it, looks, and there's light. So with that light, he sees there's nothing in that hallway. And he walks outside, and he sees the window where the light's coming from. He said, I missed this. It's because the window was painted black. 
but there were a few holes in the window where the light was shining through. Hmm. So from there, he broke the window, climbed out of the building, and ran off home. But that was the story of John at Heaven's Gate. Bro needs extra batteries the next time <laughs> he goes out by himself. Dude, even before that, dude, tell your friends. And he talks about that. He was like, uh, I really want to go back and I knew to get pictures and I knew nobody would go with me. But if I told people, then they, they would go just out of obligation. So I didn't want to do that. So. Like burden them. Yeah, exactly. So Hey, I'm going somewhere real dope. Now you're burdened to come with me. <laughs> Bro, that would, I cannot relate to John's. I would be shitting bricks like so many times throughout that whole situation. <laughs> like, I don't know. Getting locked in, I would immediately be like, oh, red alert. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. This is so bad. Someone moves that effing chair. <laughs> Man, it reminds me, we went to actually a couple times. There was an abandoned mall and movie theater in Provo that has since been demolished. And me and a couple friends went on top of the roof and there was a door inside. And the door was kicked in. And we went in. There was a Chinese restaurant, a movie theater, office buildings. Like, it was a big, big, big building. Like, think of, like, it was like a small mall. And we went into the kitchen of the Chinese restaurant. I took a red cup that I kept kept for years. That's where that came from, that Coca-Cola. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We And it was just, like, booths were still up. They had, like, swan ornaments on the wall. Like, it was, like. They just kind of left, you know. Um, there was definitely some rooms I walked into and someone was living there. Like someone was squatting. There was a sleeping bag on the ground, a ton of supplies, trash, drugs, ever, like needles and stuff, like paraphernalia everywhere. But it reminded me and like the whole time I felt like I was there because of that experience. The other one is when we went to the e. insane asylum. Yeah. That was crazy. Hmm. I'm glad we did that. Didn't they demolish that one too? Yeah, that one's gone now. I'm glad we did that before they took it down. Dude, that was creepy like downstairs when we went in the basement. There was, I I kept saying it like over and over because I'm just extremely cautious, but I'm like, no one shut any doors because these are legit. Like cell doors. Iron cell doors. And I was like, if someone shuts it, like we won't be able to get you out. We're We're obviously not going to call the cops. So you have to die. (laughs) <laughs> i just told like so many times i was like no one shut anything no one shut anything so when you said he heard the door shut i was like that's my biggest fear like i'm already so afraid no, of that. he's stuck yeah but dude my uh cousin has an instagram all of just abandoned places like where she'll go and just take pictures of like houses and places that are completely abandoned it's kind of dope uh i think she follows us it's uh into oblivion you should check it out okay nice it's kind of dope yeah I like that idea of exploring abandoned places. It's fun. One of our favorite hikes that we did in Hawaii was uh, the abandoned watershed. Yeah, that was sick. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, relevant, but. No, dude. Urban I'm wearing exploring. that shirt that I wore when we went, bro. Ooh. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. That is. I remember the pictures that we took. No, I agree with you. Exploring is dope. There's a place uh, by Park City up in the mountains that you have to hike to. That a friend of mine, Elliot, uh, hiked to last year. And he said, it's like a mining building, but hiked there with a bunch of friends. He said all the coyotes were like sleeping there. So Whoa. there's like 30 of them on like the levels of the, <laughs> the building. When they walked in, they all ran away. 
He said I they don't just, like that. They took residence there. <laughs> they took residence there, and they. Uh, after, Not a fan. After they left, they explored the whole building. He said, "It was sick. He wants to take us." Dude, I'm down. I mean, I'm down. Yeah. Let's go. So. I don't like it not enough to not go, so. <laughs> I want to go. Yeah, once it starts getting warmer. That was fun. I wonder who the F that was. Didn't yeah, sound dude. like a chill dude. <laughs> some dude that had some 40 years of smoking. That laugh. <laughs> Is that you? That's me. Hey. All right, I'm up, guys. So this week, my story comes from Reddit. And the user is Shade5870. Their name is actually Ryan. So with that being said, Ryan, he uh, used to live in Colorado in a tiny little town called Elbert, (laughs) which he says is out in the middle of nowhere. They would have to drive like 45 minutes to get to the closest store. But it also had like some perks. He said they're... House is kind of off of the main road. It was super secluded, so it was just quiet. You didn't hear the cars coming past, and it was just really like beautiful in nature. Now, he said the downside was that the uh, trash could only be picked up on the main road, kind of like that place we went to in up in Wyoming. Yep. So every week they would have to take their trash cans from the house all the way out to the main road where the trash. Garbage truck. Garbage trucks. How, how and how long? How far away was it? Like quarter mile. Holy! So it's like, out there. At that point, just buy a truck. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, they have a truck, and he's not walking it. He is walking it. Oh my gosh! So and, the, and they have a truck. <laughs> in the end, yeah, yeah. So uh, one day, he actually had forgotten to take out the trash, and so it's already nighttime. His mom, his mom is telling him he needs to go take out the trash. That's his job. And so he reluctantly heads outside. And as he gets to the trash cans, he kind of stops for a second, just trying to uh, let his eyes adjust to the darkness now. Reluctantly takes out the trash? Reluctant, reluctantly heads out to take the trash to the main road. No, I was just thinking, like, when is everyone, like, over? Yippee! Hell yeah, mom. I'll take Bro. out that trash. Bro, whenever I take out the trash, yeah, I'm just like... <laughs> I am the backbone of this house. (laughs) I am the bread and butter. You all owe me. (laughs) So Ryan heads out to the trash. He's waiting there for his eyes to adjust to the dark. Real quick. I'm really sorry. When I went to like a school field trip once, they took us out into the forest and they had us all cover an eye for 13 minutes. And then after 13 minutes, it's like dark out. You went like this and you switched eyes and it was like, night vision and completely blind it was it was cool that's wild yeah well anyway i'm gonna try that bro so if you guys want a really neat experiment (laughs) go go ahead and listen to 3am we'll give you more a 10 fifth grade (laughs) so as ryan is standing out by the trash cans he starts to get this kind of ominous feeling like he's being watched all of a sudden he realizes that there's no more sounds in the forest And he remembers that he had just heard, like, a pack of coyotes, like, howling. And there are no sounds from them either. So he starts to get a little creeped out, and he kind of peers into the darkness. And he just gets this feeling like the darkness is looking back. And that if he was to go out into it, that he wouldn't be coming back. 
Ooh. as he's snapped out of it by his mom coming outside and calling his name. Why haven't you taken these out to the main road yet? And he's like, he runs over and she's like, I feel like there's something on the woods. I don't know if I can do this tonight. And she's like, no, you'll be fine. You're good. <laughs> Motherhood. <laughs> Call the void, dude. <laughs> so as he more reluctantly heads out to the trash cans now, as his mom heads back inside, he waits there for a second and it kind of subsides. Like he feels like he's okay again. He starts to hear the coyotes howling. And unfortunately, he has no batteries in his headlamp. So he has to take these trash cans out to the road in the dark. He does, makes it there, and then runs his way back. His mom is waiting on the front porch. She says, we got ice cream now. We can reward you for this chore that you've just done. He survives. (laughs) Fast forward. A couple of weeks later, Ryan's friend Daniel lives 10 miles down the road and they share the same forest. So like that same forest, forested area is right next to their property. Ryan is hanging out over at Daniel's playing games and they decide that they're going to go exploring on the property and Daniel's property or Daniel's parents' property is like 10 acres of forested area. So it's a pretty decent area to explore. So they're out there. It is nighttime. This time they do have their flashlights. They're a little smarter or have batteries at least. They make it to a clearing on the property and they both kind of get this feeling and they voice it to each other that they feel like something's off. Like they just get the, they just get like creeped out and they decide they're going to make a, a video to scare Daniel's little brother. Nice. So they pull out their phones, they start filming the like, film away from the other person and the other person is going to like throw a stick out in the woods and make some sound and be like, Oh, what was that? You know, like typical, uh, finding Bigfoot filming. Did you hear that? I think I just heard something. I just heard something. (laughs) So as they're doing this, trying to sound scared and make, like make it really creepy for Daniel's little brother, Ryan hears a, a twig snap, not where he threw a stick. He looks back at his friend Daniel, and Daniel's looking at him with the same, did you just throw that look on their faces? Hmm. Now, they both say they didn't throw the stake. Whether we can trust one of them or not, we don't know. But no longer needing to act scared, they were scared, and they decided that they uh, need to get out of there. For the purpose of this film that they're going to scare the brother with, Ryan says, run. And they both run back towards the house with, you know, the Blair Witch Project filming going down. Now, they make it to the edge of the property, like where the main house is. And there's a shed that's right on the edge of that property. And Daniel's like, let's head into the shed. It's like a, he says it's a cat shed. They must have had lots of cats to have a shed for them. We're going to go in here and make it a part of the video, right? So they head in. As they're walking up to the shed the motion sensor light pops on. They're like, okay, this is kind of more chill. There's more light in the area at this point. So they head in and immediately as he opens the door, he notices that all of the cats are all the way at the back of the shed, almost like they're hiding from something. And it kind of freaks them out. They both head in, 
And they started looking out the window, just kind of trying to see if there was anything that was following them, just because they still had that bad feeling. They're waiting there for a couple of minutes or a minute, probably, and the motion sensor light goes off. So this all of a sudden returns to they're in the darkness. And they're just peering out of the window, trying to see if they can see anything. When Ryan starts hearing footsteps coming from where they had just come from. He looks over at Daniel and he's like, do you hear that? And Daniel replies, yeah, I can hear that. And then one of the cats kind of rubs up against the back of his leg and freaks him out. But he turns around real quick to kind of pet the cat and get it off of him. When the motion sensor light pops back on from the outside of the shed. Now both of them terrified look out the window and they don't see anything. Daniel tells Ryan, we have to get back to the house. And so on the count of three, we're going to run. So they count up, one, two, three, and they sprint to the house. Both of them make it alive. They, however, did not sleep the rest of the night. Now, shortly after, Ryan's dad ends up getting a job in Minnesota, and they ended up having to move away. And Ryan... He had a lot of friends in the area in Colorado, was having trouble making friends over in Minnesota. So his parents are like, we'll let you go and visit in the summers. So the reason Ryan even wrote this story is because of what happened a couple of summers after these two experiences that reminded him of what was going on. And it was the most terrifying experience he even had out there in that forest. And I will be telling that for our patrons. Hmm. I knew it was coming. (laughs) So nice. (laughs) Crazy. So if you're not a patron, you can follow our link in bio on our Instagram, or you can go to patreon.com slash the 3 a.m. pod. And you can, uh, for four quarters, listen to the rest of this story. It's terrifying. I already read it. It's the scariest thing I've read this day. So, Well, that upsell, dog. (laughs) I love it. All right. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back. For our non-patrons, you missed a story, y'all. A hitter. I thought you were madly overselling it, but it turned out to be pretty good. I was happy. (laughs) Only a little overselling. (laughs) (laughs) But that's us tonight. Yep. Guys, thank you so much. We love you all. Each and every one of you. Anything to say? Any, like, housekeeping stuff? Yes. Guys, we hit. A hundred thousand downloads. We hell yeah. I'm very stoked. Bro, I'm gonna eat a whole pizza to celebrate. (laughs) Probably my mom. (laughs) She's downloading it all. On all devices. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's awesome. That's big. Big for us. Some podcasts do that in an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. We'll get there. Thank you for getting us there, everyone. We really, really do appreciate it. So uh, other than that, I don't have anything else. We good? We good. We good. All right. Trust your gun. Watch your back. Everyone. By the way, be safe. Be careful out there. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3 a.m. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way.
You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 24 hours ago, I found out the person I'd been dating and seeing for the last six months as a con man. That is my sister, Emma. Andrew Tonks' lies had been so convincing, she'd invested $300,000 with him. However, the tables were about to turn on Andrew. What he didn't know was that Emma had discovered his real identity. But to get any chance of justice, Emma had to act like it was business as usual. Coming up in this series, and that's when Muda, all this stuff goes through my mind. I'm really, really scared. I'm assuming Sarah has watched too much Netflix and figures I've been defrauding you. Couldn't be further from the truth. That's what this was, a real-life story that seems so unbelievable, but it was actually true. A true story that all starts with one simple swipe to the right. I'm Sarah Ferris. And I'm Emma Ferris. And this is my story, Conning the Con. 